global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Paladas and P500 Index just turning lower, down a point now, 2167, a drop there of less than 0.1%. We're brought to you by... Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit sectorspdrs.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. S&P 500 index lower. The Dow is higher. Little changed up eight points now at 18,481. NASDAQ up 32 points, 5142. A gain there of six tenths of one percent. Tenure up 15 30 seconds with a yield of 1.50%. Gold now advancing 1820 the ounce to 1339. A gain there of 1.4%. And crude oil, West Texas intermediate now below $42 a barrel, 41.93. It is down 99 cents. A drop there of 2.3%. Brent crude down 3.1%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. His permanent portfolio fund is up more than 13.5% so far this year. Michael Cugino is the president and the portfolio manager of the Permanent Portfolio Family of Funds, helping to manage approximately $3 billion in customer assets. He joins us from uh, San Francisco. Michael Cugino, thank you very much for being with us. How are you, Pim? I'm great. So tell me about your performance in the context of Facebook. I noticed that that is a major holding of yours in addition to some treasuries and also some Swiss bonds. Yeah, Facebook uh, has been a contributor to performance. I mean, basically our asset strategy and permanent portfolio is uh, diversification. We invest in a variety of non-correlated different asset classes in one mutual fund. It's designed to reduce overall portfolio volatility, provide to be, you know, lower beta to stock and bonds and, and also a lower volatility product. And so, um, you know, we invest not only in U.S. and non-U.S. stocks and bonds, but also commodities, precious metals, real estate stocks, um, and Swiss uh, currency and Swiss government bonds, as you mentioned. So pretty diversified. It's designed to um, seek to preserve purchasing power uh, and grow capital over the long term, be a, a grower, a preserver, and a maintainer of investors' capital at a rate that exceeds inflation. So, Michael, what you just described is a portfolio that on, you could see on the one end, Facebook very little sensitivity, if anything, to global central bank moves, unless it creates a huge, you know, uh, roaring global economy or a huge recession. The other end, though, real estate, bonds, things that are very sensitive. So I just can't like, get you away without at least one question on the Fed today. At this point, sure. do you just say we're back where we were, say, in April or May, waiting to see if and when the Fed raises rates this year and, and focus on the fundamentals of the companies uh, where you're invested? Or do you think that there's something in this thing, this message today that changes that? Well, you know, a quick comment on Facebook. If they keep growing at the rate they do in building cash, maybe they'll become relevant to central banks as a funding source. <laughs> but uh, all joking aside, um, I think the uh, – the, we are sort of where we were a few months ago. I think Brexit is behind us. Um, the scary jobs number a couple months back appeared to be a one-off. Um, and so you've got stronger employment. You've got uh, moderate economic growth. I mean, the Fed statement, the changes from the previous month were a lot more, I think, comforting in terms of economic growth. So clearly they're seeing signs that economic growth is picking up. 
And uh, whether that's sustainable or not is another issue because we've, we've seen this movie before. But at the moment, um, they clearly see an enhanced uh, economic picture versus what they saw a month or two ago. Or maybe they saw it and they had too many questions with respect to labor and Brexit, which are now behind them. So I think, again, you know, they may want to see more. That's probably why they didn't do anything in July here. There's been now speculation that they might do something around the Jackson Hole time period of September. Maybe, maybe not. Um, it's getting close to the election at that point, but you could still see it happening. Um, I think December remains the, the most likely scenario. It still gives them a few months to see if they're are any European issues. Um, you know, the European banks are another question that could impact central banks as well as the potential stimulus in Japan. So there's still global concerns. And remember, they did say cost of money, labor in the United States, and global activity are things they're thinking about. So I, I wouldn't say we're off to the races with rate increases, but I would say the case for rate increases has been enhanced by today's statement. Michael, can you tell us anything that you've been selling or buying? Well, we're, again, we're always diversified. So, um, you know, we're looking in, in the equity market, we're looking for areas that haven't participated to the same degree as the overall market. We've tended to stay away from the consumers, the, uh, the more safety stocks, the yield alternative type stocks. We think they're overpriced. Um, but as a general rule, we're also looking at more volatile, more, more beta levered stocks, more stocks that are, you know, levered to economic growth and investment activity. And so that's always the area we're looking, but there are, you know, tech financials, I think makes sense. Um, energy and, and commodities are still a very beaten down sector for the long term, given that, uh, you know, global, global growth is slow. This dollar has been strong. Um, to me, we're in a, an exacerbated or an enhanced, uh, sort of low in a typical commodity cycle, which means over the long term it's an interesting area to look at. On the bond side, because there's such uncertainty with interest rates, we've tended to be higher quality um, and lower to, to lower intermediate duration. So we're looking at probably four- to five-year duration, our treasuries, probably a little bit less than that in our Swiss, um, and sticking with investment-grade corporates in a variety of industries and treasuries. You know, Michael, um, I had a really terrible call on uh, Apple in the market today because I told my producer yesterday after the show, oh, we got the Fed tomorrow. We don't have to worry too much about Apple. The earnings are out. It's going to be old news. And then, of course, come in today, right? And Apple helps fuel a rally. Uh, not a big rally, nevertheless. Uh, what is, what is your take on Apple now? It's, you know, we had the, the high level, uh, downgrade to a sell this week. It's, it's kind of a lone wolf call still. But what about Apple, the company itself, and what it means for the market? Oh, it commands all kinds of attention. Uh, surely they had a good number. Uh, I think it was based on lowered expectations, um, but still a beat to beat, so give them credit. Um, I think it's a great company. I think they're in the middle of a product transition situation. Um, and as with Apple, as has been the case for a long time, the question on valuation, if you look at it as a consumer company that deserves a premium valuation, many people do, um, it's cheap right now, and it pays a pretty good dividend. Um, and if it continues to trade around these levels, it may be a good long-term buy. If you view it more as a hardware company, a device maker, and they are starting to get quite a bit of competition from that front, um, then it's trading at more reasonable valuations compared to sort of its peers. I still think that, you know, they've got a tremendous amount of, um, of intellectual capital there, and, uh, and I, I wouldn't bet against them, but I think the competition's got more heated for them in the last few years, and that's going to be an interesting story to watch. So, um, I, I don't know how much it really drove the market today. I think probably people were more focused on the Fed. Um, 
but uh, but it certainly did help corporate earnings, um, you know, at least the corporate earnings picture to date. Michael, could you know, let's say you get someone to call you and uh, is fretting about the cash that they have in their account. They're too afraid to buy equities and they can't stand the low returns that they would get on bonds. Is it too late for them to do either? Um, you know, I, I tell them to maybe invest in my fund, but then again, I'm biased. Um, well, you got you know, both. No, you got bonds and stocks. So at least I that's... think absolutely. I, I think in any market situation, there is always opportunity, even in overvalued sectors. And certainly, I think you can make a case that bonds and stocks are, are overvalued on some metrics. So. Um, but given that, I think that you can find, you know, the, the corporate market, is, especially the shorter-term corporate market, investment grades have provided us a lot of opportunity. Uh, we run a, a, bond, a flexible bond fund called Versatile Bond Fund, um, and we're managing that, again, at a lower, core, you know, lower duration and higher quality standpoint. Um, 80% of it is, I think, investment-grade debt, and the duration is probably four to six years, something like that. And we're, you know, we're at the moment, we're up 9% in that fund. So not, not to make predictions, but there are opportunities there. Um, on the stock side, I think there are definitely sectors, and I pointed out a few of them, that uh, that have not performed to the degree of the overall market. I think financials sold off quite a bit because the Fed appeared to be on hold in interest rates. I think there's a lot of potential long-term value there. U.S. balance sheets are strong. Uh, once rates do start going up, I think you're going to get the benefit of spreads. Um, and so I, we've, we've been playing around in that area. I do think commodities and energy, fossil fuels and, and energy are not going anywhere. The world needs that stuff to grow. And, yes, it's in a down period of a cycle, but we expect that to, to change uh, when global economic activity picks up. And an interesting anecdote to that, um, Freeport McMoran is one company that we own. And recently they, uh, they were going to be selling assets to build up their balance sheet and, and et cetera. Um, and they recently came out and said that uh, rather than sell assets, they're going to issue more equity. Now, it's still a very cheap stock. But to me, that was a confidence indicator that over the long term, they may see that uh, they're, they're better to maybe hold on to some of those assets versus to sell them to bring down debt and maybe just issue equity, which in the short term is dilutive, no question, but in the long term um, could be a benefit to the capital structure. So there's always opportunity. Quick statement. You've got about 20 seconds on Facebook. It's prospects. We, we love it as a long-term growth story. I mean, it's not cheap. Um, in our view, uh, you know, they have so many avenues um, to monetize that they're still just becoming aware of. And, and some of them, like Messenger, they haven't even started. And they just, I think that's the one they just grew to a billion users. Okay. Um, but uh, the, the core business appears to be very strong. Alrighty. They appear to be taking market share. Uh, we expect good things. We always expect good things from you, Michael Cugino. Thanks so much for joining us today from San Francisco. He's president of Permanent Portfolio Family of Funds. I'm Kathleen Hayes, along with Pim Fox. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.